of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and it is great to be with you today as we are continuing through the Psalm Project, and we are here today at Psalm 53, again in the second book of the Psalter. The Psalms is divided in the original Psalter into five books, and we are in the second book, often referred to as the Psalms of the Northern Kingdom. And here we are at Psalm 53. It is titled to the choir master according to uh, Mahalath, a maskil of David. And again, we've seen this term maskil several times. It is probably a musical or liturgical term. And uh, so this psalm very closely resembles Psalm 14. It is a meditation on the wickedness of the fool. Um there are, the first verse is very familiar uh, to a lot of people, uh, but basically the idea is that God will destroy the fool and restore Israel's fortunes. Uh, in contrast to Psalm 14, Psalm 53 uses God rather than the more specific covenant Lord. Um, so, so whereas in, in Psalm 14, the title of covenant Lord is used here in Psalm 53, it is a more broad term um, uh, to refer to the deity here. And this variation really fits the broader context since uh, book two of the book of Psalms uses the broader term rather than the covenant name more often. Uh, my commentary here and in chapter 54 will be short because it is short and there's honestly not a lot to break down here, but we will go through it. Um, so we are here in Psalm 53. Let me go ahead and read the psalm for you. Six verses, that's all it is. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have those who work evil no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread, and do not call upon God. Where are they? In great terror, where there is no terror. For God scatters the bones of him who encamps against you. You put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob re rejoice. Let Israel be glad. All right, so... It's really focusing on the fool. And as I said, the first verse is very familiar to a lot of people. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And uh, this has often been explained to me as why would it focus on the heart? Well, because a fool, even if he reasoned it out in his mind, his only logical conclusion would be that there is a God. 
Here, however, it is focusing on the heart and says the fool says in his heart that there's no God. These first four verses focus on the characteristics of the fool who says there is no God. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there is any who understands or that act wisely in some translations who seek after God. They've fallen away. In other words, God looks down and he does not find a righteous person. And this is... um, This fits the narrative of Scripture, particularly the letters of Paul, that teach us that man is utterly sinful, that we are radically depraved and separated from God, that we are born in our sin. In verse 5, he says, God scatters the bones of him who encamps against you. In the Old Testament, God often fights for his people against their flesh and blood enemies, And with the New Testament revelation, the underlying spiritual conflict to save his people from sin becomes the dominant theme, although the real conflict has been at this level from the very beginning. Genesis 3, 4, and 5, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so this is talking about where it says in verse 5 that God scatters the bones of him who camps against you. You put them to shame for God has rejected them. This is talking about the heart of humanity, which is utterly sinful. And we are separated from God. And apart from Christ, we would all be this fool who says in our hearts, there is no God. But God has opened the eyes of our hearts, those of us who are his children. And by the way, on using that term, children of God, that is not a universal term. There are are many people that would like to say, well, aren't we all children of God? No, we're all God's creation. We are not all God's children. And there is a distinction. And this new age thinking is that we are all children of God, and that is not the case. Verse 6 Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. You often see this focus in the book of Psalms. The salvation of Israel. The praise of Israel, of Zion. And this is an expression of hope for deliverance from evil. Since this psalm focuses on the fool and the evil of the fool, this is an expression of hope that Israel would be delivered from such a mindset. But the, the point of this psalm is not only that the fool has said in his heart there is no God, but the point of the psalm is that there is no one who does good. Everyone, by nature, is evil. And I was, I've told this before, I was once asked by an atheist friend of mine in graduate school, well, what would happen if someone, a, a good man who lived in an indigenous part of the world who had never heard the gospel, what would happen if that person died? Would he go to heaven or hell? Well, and my response was, if a good man who had never heard the gospel, lived in an indigenous area, a remote part of the world, died, well, he certainly would not go to hell because he's a good man. But the problem is that such a man doesn't exist because we are all separated 
100% radically evil, separated from God by nature. But we are his chosen people, and we are, as Christians, uh, born again. We are adopted into the family of God. So although everyone is evil, I talked about the idea of original sin recently, that Adam's race, humanity, we are all infected with sin. But because of Christ's righteousness and his love for us and his mercy, we now have been adopted into the people of God. And so I have set this in a minor key. Um, the reason being it is focused on the evil and the foolishness of someone who says there is no God, but it's also focused on the fact that no one is good. Uh, so a very short um, stanzas, um, uh, and there are a few key changes in it. So here is Psalm 53. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. says in his heart there is not any God they are corrupt the deeds are vile there's no one who does good from heaven God looks down on sons of men abroad to see if any understands if any seeks for God turned aside corrupt have all become there's no one who does what is good no not a single one those working wickedness they do not know at all who eat my people as their bread and on God do not call Fearless now they fear God scatters all their bones And you will put your foes to shame The gods rejected ones The Israel's rescue come From Zion help now breathe When God restores his captive ones The Jacob Israel God restores his captive ones, the Jacob is well seen.